Welcome to another edition of Burvey Sports Block. It's been a minute since I've been on here. I do apologize for the hiatus, but we are back, at least temporarily. And this time we're going to be talking about the NFL Draft. So today I will be talking about what went down for the first round of the NFL Draft. And then I will also be releasing a pod later this week addressing the rest of the NFL draft. So how great was it to have sports, in a sense, back at least? Pretty great, I think. I mean, I usually watch the NFL draft every year when I get the chance to, but this one was a little more special, I guess. And this is considering that the Chicago Bears even have a first-round pick. I was just watching it primarily because it's something sports. It was something to fill that void. I think that's how a lot of people around the nation felt. They were watching this to fill that void. So it would be interesting to see what the ratings are for this NFL draft compared to some other drafts in the past. And I mean... It was a completely different way of how to how to display it too. A completely virtual draft. Um, everybody at ESPN did a phenomenal job of doing everything without a hitch. Really, there was only maybe a couple of hiccups here or there, but nothing bad really happened. Everything went pretty smoothly. There was a couple of there were a couple times where. Um, there was a little dead space, but other than that, I mean, considering this was the first time they'd ever done something like this in this format, I'd say hats off to them. Definitely impressed. So without further ado, let's get into it. come as much of a surprise that Joe Burrow was taken with the first overall pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. It had been hinted at for quite some time, and um, it wasn't necessarily leaked, but things were kind of exposed on Twitter that uh, people with the Cincy organization brought Burrow in the day before the draft and basically said they have high expectations for him. They're excited for him to join their team, etc. So that all but uh, solidified it. I mean, the only thing that made it more more 100% was Roger Goodell officially making the announcement. And there were rumors about teams like Miami trading up to the one spot to try and snag Burrow, but since he wasn't having it, and they got their next franchise quarterback. It's going to be interesting. Um, I know a lot of commentators said the same thing that was kind of on my mind, is that, yeah, they got this great quarterback and everything, but they only won two games last year. That wasn't just because they had an inconsistent season from Andy Dalton 
No, it wasn't just on one position. I mean, I know A.J. Green was hurt for most of the year, and he didn't play. And that is a big void for the team. He's definitely a big presence. But there are so many other positions that they need to address. And obviously getting a new quarterback is key. And then they'll try and fill fill the team in with weapons that that fit for him. So now they're going to build around Burrow. It's Burrow's Bengals, so to speak. He is the... The Tiger King also, as has been stated, probably overstated too many times on Twitter. I mean, whoever came up with it first, yeah, it was original. But then, you know, I get that. I get it. That's how things are trending and and whatnot. The more people that say it or retweet it or agree with it. And it is a great, a great slogan. But I mean, come on, be a little more original. So I'm just going to say Burroughs Bengals. Trademark pending. After him came Chase Young. He was drafted by the Washington Redskins. Washington has also been a team pretty abysmal in the past few seasons. So to see them pick Chase Young wasn't terribly surprising. They did need to address some defensive positions. And I think this was more so he was the second best player, or in some people's minds, the best player within this 2020 NFL draft class. So to see him not get taken, I I mean, they have Haskins, so it's not like they were going to draft Burrow. But it would have been interesting to see if the Bengals would have picked Chase Young, what would have happened after that. Regardless, that didn't end up happening, and he is now a Redskin. And following that came Jeff Akuda, also from Ohio State, getting drafted by the Detroit Lions. He addresses a huge hole in the secondary for Detroit, where they previously had Darius Slay, one of the best cornerbacks in today's modern age. Definitely a multi-pro bowler and, and a leader in the backfield for... Detroit, but with his departure, they need to fill that void. And Jeff Akuda is going to be able to do just that as the the best-ranked cornerback in this draft class. So by selecting him, not too much of a surprise. The Giants needed to find some way to protect Daniel Jones. That's just a commonality, it seems, for young quarterbacks in the league nowadays, is they have a problem with staying upright. I don't know if it's because they're too aggressive sometimes, because most quarterbacks that come out of college football are dual-threat quarterbacks, so they can either run or pass. And that's not necessarily a pro when you're in the NFL, They look for more people who can stand in the pocket and sling passes. So it's either young quarterbacks get knocked down and sacked a lot because they either have a bad offensive line, they're making bad judgments and getting away from their blockers and thus not having that blocking to keep them up, 
or they're just trying to run or make more of the play than they need to. So the New York Giants went out and they drafted Andrew Thomas, the offensive first offensive tackle out of Georgia, to help address that need. Definitely a good pick by the Giants. And I'm sure Daniel Jones, the next franchise quarterback for them, is going to be really thankful to have a big guy like Thomas helping keep him upright and maybe even keeping him from being injured or at least less chance of injury. The next couple picks could have been flip-flopped, honestly, but personally, I'm glad that they happened in the way they did. So Tua Tagovailoa ended up being selected by the Miami Dolphins. Now, like I said, there was a chance that they wanted to trade up and go for Burrow. They definitely were going to go for a quarterback. There was no question on what position they were looking at. It was just a matter of who. Was it going to be Burrow, Tagovailoa, or Justin Herbert? They ended up going with Tua, which was kind of hit or miss because he definitely showed the pro potential when he was on the field. However, he wasn't always on the field because he got injured a lot. And they weren't just minor injuries. They were ankle injuries. They were hip injuries. That really limits a mobile quarterback such as Tua. And as a result, he missed that second half or a majority of the season for Alabama. And say what you want, it could have cost him a national title game. But Miami believes that he's either healthy enough now or he will be healthy enough to start whenever this next season comes around. So maybe they're hoping that there will be a won't be a season this year or maybe it'll just be pushed back or something to give him more time who knows but in the end they ended up going with Tua over Justin Herbert now it would have been cool to see Herbert rocking a Miami jersey I mean coming from a team that had great quarterbacks play there in the past but I am happy that he ended up going to the Chargers. Not only because they have undoubtedly the best uniform set in the NFL, but because it's also a geographical thing. I mean, he grew up, he was an Oregon kid. He grew up in Oregon. His family's from Oregon. And they contributed to the University of Oregon and Oregon State. And there's just a ton of fans from Oregon and around the country, for that matter, who were fans of Oregon and Herbert. And now a team that had an interesting ride in terms of fan reaction last season will now be bringing in a majority of those fans, those Duck fans, just because they drafted Justin Herbert. And because it's a geographical thing, 
not only are they getting fans, they should be getting people to buy tickets because they're not flying all the way around the country. They're flying from two states, or maybe they're driving. Who knows? Regardless, it's really not that far away from home, so his family doesn't have... It's not that difficult for them to fly down or travel to L.A., and they're going to be increasing their fan base. I know that was a huge thing last season. Like I said, there was a joke about whose team is this because they were splitting the stadium with the with the LA Rams at the time. They're like, is this the Chargers or the Rams? Like and also when the Chargers would host a team, then the opposing team would have more fans sometimes. And that's just wrong. No it doesn't matter what team how bad or how good they are, there there should never be more fans for the other team in your home stadium. So they addressed a need to find a new quarterback with Philip Rivers leaving, found their next franchise quarterback in a very pro-ready Justin Herbert, and he's going to be rocking some sick unis. And he was already used to that, playing for Oregon. They basically throw out a new uniform set every week. So he's used to the the good threads, and he's going to keep rocking those. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I know that's a little biased, but it is what it is. And the last pick that made a lot of sense, at least in terms of the sequence of the draft, was the Carolina Panthers selecting Derek Brown. They had a couple of defensive players get traded away, and they need to fill that void. And Carolina has been one of those teams that has had a tenacious defense. They were up there in terms of challenging to be the best defense with the Legion of Boom when that was around with Seattle. And then when Seattle kind of declined, Carolina took over as the best defense in in the country. Now they've you know, they they have a new coach and they're going through a lot of change and, and everything. So they need to keep that defense strong. So by bringing Derek Brown, one of the best defensive tackles from a very defensive-oriented Auburn team, that addresses a huge need for the Carolina Panthers. Also... There were a lot of offensive tackles selected in the first round, but all of them did address key needs for their specific teams. Like I mentioned, Andrew Thomas was the first one to go off the board. He was selected to help keep Daniel Jones upright. Another big one, which is a little more personal for me since I'm from the state that he played in, was Tristan Wirfs. He was selected by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, And his primary job is to help protect Tom Brady. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, Tom Brady already gets all the protection he needs from the refs. I'm going to say, you're not entirely wrong. Because it seems like they have a little bit of favoritism towards him. But maybe that was also because he was in New England. should be interesting to see if that 
logic translates to him in Tampa Bay or not. I mean, I know he's definitely one of the oldest quarterbacks in the league and, and yada yada, and he doesn't hardly ever get hurt and whatnot, but that's also because he's been protected really well. And Tampa Bay needed to address that offensive line. Now, they're not the New England Patriots offensive line, but by bringing in Tristan Wirfs, that's definitely an upgrade for him, and Brady should be pretty pleased with, with that, honestly. He already had weapons on offense. Their defense was pretty stacked for the most part. They didn't need to to address the defense yet, and they got a pretty solid guy to help that offensive line. He can move all over. I saw in the highlights they said he played right right guard. He's most likely going to end up playing left guard. And to have that that versatility and adaptability is huge. So he already will prove a valuable asset to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Will he win a, a ring early in his career because of Tom Brady and all of them? It's possible, but he's going to play a big role in it in making sure that Brady stays upright and has enough time in that pocket to find those deadly receivers. One other thing to note is that Ohio State had three guys drafted. Two of them were back-to-back with Chase Young and Jeff Akuda. The third one was Damon Arnett. Now, I think... In terms of the biggest bust for the first round, I think he he falls into that category. He's definitely a great cornerback for Ohio State. The highlights showed it. The analysis proved it. But hearing the fact that he needed to be convinced to come back to school to improve his playmaking abilities and that he wasn't all about participating in all of the mandatory team activities, so to speak. That's not great to hear, but at the same time, it does fit in with the Raiders organization. So that's a great pick for them. Raiders gonna Raider, as as I heard earlier today. And another bust that I was thinking of was... The pick the New Orleans Saints used on Cesar Ruiz, a center from Michigan. They could have addressed a defensive, a need for a defensive player by some people were projecting Patrick McQueen, or Patrick Queen, my bad, um, to be selected by the Saints as he was from that area so he would have had the fan base behind him and because they need better defense but apparently they thought they needed a center more so we'll see if it if it ends up working out he was the first center and only center so far to be drafted in the 2020 draft um 
he was obviously overcome by emotion when they cut to him after he was they said he was drafted so i mean kudos to him he put in the hard work during college it's already very difficult to make it into the into the pros especially to be drafted in the first round so he must have done something something right to be considered in the first round so props to him and he's going to help keep Breeze upright uh Breeze went through his own injuries last year with the thumb and came back stronger than ever but now they're going to have to try and protect him as he also is one of the oldest quarterbacks in the league and is nearing retirement so they're going to try and prolong that as much as possible now in terms of teams that I personally follow, that includes the Chicago Bears, which I'll talk about later, and the Denver Broncos, which is partially geographically because I live in Colorado. I feel the need to root for them, and I'm not looked upon as a bandwagon fan because last season was awful. But they've made a lot of moves in the offseason, and they selected a quality, high-quality wide receiver with Jerry, Jerry Judy today. Um, he was arguably the best or second-best wide receiver in this draft class. However, his teammate Henry Ruggs III was taken just a few picks before with one of their rivals with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think this pick is huge for the Broncos because they only had Cortland they only have Cortland Sutton as a threat in for a receiver and they had Emmanuel Sanders for for forever it seemed since Peyton Manning was there. Um, but he left to go to San Francisco last season, midway through the season, and they need to fill that, that void. So picking Jerry Judy, a very talented, skilled, and quick wide receiver from Alabama was very important. And it was also noted by the analysts that the Chiefs are still the team to beat in the AFC West. There's no question about that. But all of their their rivals aren't trying to address slowing down the Chiefs. They're not trying to pick defensive play, players, per se, with their first picks. They're trying to keep up with the Chiefs. So... I mean, the, like I said, the Chargers got Justin Herbert, so they addressed that on offense. And then the Raiders got Henry Ruggs III, a very speed demon-oriented player. Very similar, I guess, to Tyreek Hill, but it's hard to imagine because Tyreek Hill is a freak of nature. And then the, the Broncos go out and select Jerry Judy. It was pretty well known that the Broncos were going to 
going to go with a wide receiver is just a question of who. If it was going to be Judy, if it was going to be C.D. Lamb, if it was going to be Ruggs, end up being Judy. I think he's he's the best uh, the best wide receiver in this class, and Drew Locke is definitely going to benefit from having another target next season. There weren't a whole lot of interesting moves, per se, in the first round of the draft. Um, Not a whole lot of trades. I think there are only three, maybe four trades total, which is one of the the least amount of trades in, in a first round draft in quite quite a few years. Um, and so like I mentioned earlier, most of the picks actually address team needs and they made a lot of sense. It wasn't just because it was the best player available. They were picking people that filled voids that need to be filled. And these are all guaranteed starters unless they get injured such as Tua um, or if his health isn't quite to par but there was a couple of interesting moves made in late in the first round that's when a majority of the trades happened I was kind of expecting some teams to maybe trade up from the early second round, mid second round trade up into the late first round. That means they obviously had their their eye on someone in particular. And the Packers ended up trading up a few picks. They were still gonna have a pick in the first round near the near the tail end, but they ended up trading up and they selected what could very well be Aaron Rodgers' successor in Jordan Love. From Utah State. There were a lot of comparisons. Some people were saying, oh, he's the next Patrick Mahomes. And oh, I hope not, because again, I'm a Chicago fan, and I would hate to see that happen again, because we are, anybody from Chicago has heard way too many times of the chance they had to take on Mahomes and then didn't. And now they might, if they have to face a guy that's replicable to Patrick Mahomes? No. Please no. Now, I was happy, however, that they didn't select a wide receiver or a tight end because, one, the Bears need a tight end, and I do not want to see one of our most, our strongest rivals take away a weapon that the Bears could could end up drafting. The Bears don't necessarily need a wide receiver. Health has been in question the past few years, no doubt about that. But that seemed a very important position to fill for the Packers, and they didn't do it. I know that they're looking ahead to the long term. They're they're not necessarily worried about this year or next year or maybe even the year after that. They're looking for when Rodgers is either on the decline or he's going to get hurt or he's going to retire, then who's going to be the next guy? And supposedly it's the next Aaron Rodgers with a, a hint of 
um, Patrick Mahomes, which is very dangerous. But, I mean, there's also the possibility it doesn't pan out and he doesn't work out and then they have to reevaluate. But they played it smart. They're playing the long game. And they weren't looking for someone who could necessarily contribute right away. Everybody was pointing out that they're basically pulling another Aaron Rodgers because they selected Rodgers with a similar position in in the draft when they drafted him back when they had Brett Favre as their starting quarterback. And then he had time to learn from Favre, and then he became the starter, and you saw what happened with that. And now Love is going to have a chance to, to learn from Rodgers and very well could be their next franchise quarterback. I hope not personally, but it is what it is. Did they make a re were they reaching for him? That's the question because they only moved up like five or six spots to select him. And it wasn't like I said, it wasn't a need for them to pick him. And there weren't really any teams between them and the Dolphins who might pick him. The only possibility was someone else trading up and stealing him, such as the Patriots. But that didn't happen, and they wound up getting their guy, I guess. So to close out this uh, this podcast, it is a little shorter than, than normal, but... There's not a whole lot of content to talk about. I mean, I'm just focusing on the draft for the most part and and whatnot. But I will talk about the Chicago Bears for a minute. So, they didn't trade up. That's good. I don't like necessarily seeing them trading up for players, especially with the, the recent history they've had in terms of drafting players and how that's panned out. I mean, Trubisky is kind of a... You can't quite put him in that category because he he played really well his first, um, his first year. And then last season wasn't that great. So we've seen the good and the bad. But they've also drafted wide receivers in in the recent past, and that's just been a matter of health, pretty much. Some of them have even played very little to it all. They've drafted tight ends. They've drafted defensive players, and it's just been a matter of health, honestly. I mean, these players have been studs in college, and then they come in and can't stay healthy, so I don't know what that's all about, but to see him not have to trade up and trade away a pick is good. I mean, it's still it's still kind of hit or miss with the whole Khalil Mack trade thing that happened with the Raiders a couple um, when they did that. They had to give up so much to get him, and it definitely panned out that first year. He was a beast. Uh, the Bears' defense was phenomenal, and he led that charge. 
So it definitely seemed worth it that first season that he was in Chicago. Last year, I, I think he went, was going through some type of injury or something, but he wasn't 100%, and it showed. And it just makes you really think sometimes how much the Bears had to give up to get one player. And sure, they're still theoretically winning that trade, but that's the risk you take. You either try and and trade away picks for a player you know is already good at the at the pro level or do you hang on to those picks and take your risk with however many new rookies especially with the the health situations that have been that have happened with the with the bears but regardless the point is I'm happy they didn't have to trade away anything and they're they're complacent for now. Second round could be a different story. Uh, they're complacent for now with what they have. So they do have to wait 10 more picks before they get there on the clock. And they do have a couple of primary needs. One is the tight end position. So far, so good there. No tight ends have been selected yet. And it's possible that none will be selected by the time their name comes up. In which case, I hope they go for Cole Komet, uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame. I've seen him linked and fans are, a lot of people are hoping to get him. Um, Our tight end, tight ends have been subpar to trash the past few seasons and they need to find somebody who can come in and have an impact from the get-go. I mean, they, sure, they signed Jimmy Graham in the offseason, but, and he had a fantastic start to his career down in New Orleans, but then he went to Seattle and that really didn't amount to anything. And then he went to Green Bay and he didn't really do much there either. So, I don't know. I mean, it's only a two- or three-year deal with Graham, but I don't think he's... I mean, I don't want to judge him yet because it's possible that he could fit and actually contribute to the level that the the Bears need a tight end to. He can certainly at least still block, so there's that. But... They need a a quality tight end. They haven't had one in a while, and it it hasn't helped. I mean, they had Martellus Bennett back in the day, but that was, to my remembrance, that was like the best tight end we've had since, which is kind of sad. It's very possible that they also go for an O-lineman, they need, absolutely need to draft an O-lineman with one of their two picks in the second round because they don't have another pick um, for a while, and it's pretty 
unrealistic that some good talent's going to fall that far. And if they do, there's a reason why. And I don't want to I don't want to see the Bears picks so up have to hope that someone's going to pan out. But regardless, they need to find a good O-lineman because Trubisky needs to have the time in the pocket to find open receivers or to read the coverage and not make errant throws. He will get better. I'm a firm believer in quarterback is only as good as the offensive line protecting him um, unless he's some type of god who can uh, juke and spin out tackles left and right and and stiff arm people which most quarterbacks can't believe it or not but um, Trubisky can run from time to time but he's uh, he just needs the time in that pocket so to find a consistent old line is huge, and especially also for the run game. Without a good O-line, then those runs are just going to get blown up, and really the offense won't won't pro- progress. That being said, I wouldn't be terribly opposed to the Bears looking at drafting Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota as a free safety or... Um, or a safety in the secondary for them, or Grant Delpit out of LSU, the same position. Both are very pro-ready players. They do have their their individual flaws, of course. Nobody's perfect, but the Bears are known for their defense, and they're they're fine at this point. Um, with their D-line and their linebackers. The secondary needs some work. The offensive line needs a lot of work. And a tight end is a must. It's just a matter of what order they go in. And if they do something ridiculous, like draft Jalen Hurts or, or Jake Fromm or some other quarterback or a wide receiver or a running back or something, it wouldn't I don't know the good thing is that I didn't have to get frustrated about my team making a mistake in the first round I can wait a day before I have to worry about getting frustrated it's going to be interesting though as long as they address their needs that's all I care about and if I mean we won't know how players pan out if they're booms or busts until the season starts. And who knows when that's even going to happen. Just to just to be realistic. But anyways, I hope you all enjoyed the, the 2020 NFL Draft. I know it was in a completely different format. But again, kudos to the, the ESPN team for putting on a fantastic virtual draft with little to no um, interruptions or errors happening. And it was just great to see something about sports, something that brought everybody together. People who are probably not even NFL fans were watching. I mean, sports is a way 
to get away from real life. It's like it, it provides that needed distraction from time to time. And you can invest in it or not. Um, like I said, people who probably aren't even necessarily fans were tuning in because it allowed them to take their minds off of what's been happening and just enjoy seeing people's dreams come true. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, it's very difficult to make it into the NFL. And these are a lot of these guys when they were kids, they probably had dreams of being in the NFL or being a professional athlete. And they achieved that tonight. And a number of them, 32 of them to be exact did. And a lot more are going to be, uh, achieving that dream with them in the coming days. So we'll see what happens in uh, the next couple of days. There's still four more rounds to go at least. Um, and then there's still undrafted guys and whatnot. But we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully Chicago doesn't do anything drastic and upset me. But I will probably be releasing my next pod either Saturday night or Sunday, so look out for that. But for anyone that is a fan of the NFL or any specific teams, I hope you are fairly complacent with the whatever your team picked, who, whoever your team drafted. Hopefully they, they help your team out. Um, I'd be curious to hear for any of you that are fans what your thoughts are or were on those players selected for your particular teams just to get other perspectives. But like I said, couldn't really do a whole lot of that myself today because the only team that really did much was, uh, or that drafted at all were the Broncos. They selected Jerry Judy, a very quality wide receiver who's going to help them a lot. And then the bears don't pick till tomorrow and I'm only partially a Chargers fan, mostly because of Herbert. But I'm excited for the season, excited to see what, what happens in the coming days, and I hope you are too. All right. Talk to you in a couple of days. Stay safe out there, everyone. <laughs>